We're continuing along the lines of our series, The Blessed Life. And we've been looking at some ingredients that position us to live the blessed life and opening the door for greater blessings in our lives. One of the things we talked about was obedience. We also discussed the fact that it is a faithful man that abounds with blessings. And then last week we looked at the fear of the Lord. Now I'm going to switch gears here for the next few Sundays and I'm going to talk a while on the blessed life. One of the, one of the biggest characteristics of the blessed life, the blessed life is a life that is filled with generosity. Generosity. So in Genesis 1 and verse 28, by way of a text, it says there, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every creeping thing that moves upon the earth. So we see that God has blessed them, and God has blessed us. In Genesis chapter 12, verse uh, 2, this is God speaking to Abram. He said, if you leave your country, and you do what I tell you to do... In verse 2, he says, I will make of thee a great nation. What other kind of a nation would a great God make? He makes, he's a great God, he does great things, and he said, I'll make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee. Think about it. The I am says, I will. I will bless thee. And make thy name great. Great God, great nation, great name. And thou shalt be a blessing. Thou shalt be a blessing, dispensing good to others. Amen? So the blessed life is God's favor on your life. It is God's provision flowing through your life. And God's will being done in your life. Amen? So generosity is not a one-time event. Generosity is a way of life for believers. Not, you know, this thing of, you know, well, I've, I filled my obligation. I've done my Christian duty. I gave money to a homeless guy. I served once in children's ministry. No, that's not generosity. Generosity is a lifestyle. It's one that keeps on giving. It's one who has its mind off oneself on to others. I like this definition from Diego Mesa, great church in Southern California. He said this, generosity is the liberality of giving, loving, caring, sharing, and helping others through money, time, words, influence, forgiveness, affection, attention, resources, and talents. Amen? So what does generosity do for us in our lives? It helps us to overcome ourselves. It overcomes selfishness, stinginess, pride, lack, covetousness, and also even fear and depression. You won't find a lot of generous people uh, uh, depressed and down. No, because generous people are cheerful in their generosity. And the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. When we are generous, it makes our Father very happy. 
Amen? As a matter of fact, generosity is one of the Father's outstanding characteristics. You think about it. The Bible says that God is rich in mercy. He's so rich in mercy and He so freely gives it out that His mercies are new every morning. I'm thanking God for that. When I open my eyes up this morning, His mercies are new every morning in my life. How about you? But here's a very famous verse of Scripture. You all know it, but John 3.16 says, let's read it together. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. Amen. He so loved that He gave. God is the greatest giver that has ever been. And He didn't just give once. He continually gives and blesses His children. How shall He not with Him freely give us all things? He has given His children richly all things to enjoy. He is the greatest giver of all time. And it is my goal in my life to be like my Father. It is my goal to imitate Him and to increase and to grow with the spirit of faith, the spirit of prayer, and the spirit of generosity. Amen. I hope that's yours as well. Listen to this quote. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. To be like God, we must learn to become givers. Our generosity, when we live this blessed life, our generosity is a demonstration of our revelation of God's generosity toward us. Jesus said, freely you have what? Freely you have. How many of you received from him? But then he goes on to say, it's not just about receiving. Now that you have received, freely give. You see, you can receive Jesus freely. But once you become a disciple of Jesus, it's important to be a giver. Amen. And we're going to cover that in just a moment. Look at Luke 16, verses 10 and 11. Luke, the 16th chapter, and verse 10 and 11 says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Next verse. Therefore, if you have not been faithful... In the unrighteous mammon. How many of you know that unrighteous mammon is money? So he says, now if you've not been faithful with your money, who then will commit to you the true riches? In other words, if we are faithful with our money, then we are positioned to receive true riches. And the good news is this. You can break the control of money through generosity. Money controls too many people. Money is not to be a controller. Money is simply to be something that we use for the furtherance of the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so if you are a person that is controlled by money, you will never experience the true riches that God has made available unto you. Amen. 
But oh, when you are, God will unlock the true riches. And how many of you know that the true riches that God gives are much more than money? Such as wisdom, revelation knowledge. Hey, how about this one? A friend when you need a friend. Opportunities, the goodness of God, health for you and health for your family. These are things that money cannot buy. In other words, money is not true riches. But when you're a generous giver, God does things for you that money could never do. Amen. So this blessed life is the generous life. This blessed life is a life with not clenched fists, but open hands. Now, Dad Hagen, my spiritual father, and many of you here as well, he was asked a question by one of the Ramus singers and band, Bruce Black. And he said, uh, Dad, we called him Dad. He said, Dad, uh, what's the number one characteristic you look for in a leader? What, what's the number one? Without hesitation, Dad Hagen responded, generosity. Generosity. And then he added this statement, a person who is not generous will shut down the move of God. That's an interesting statement. Because you think of all the qualities and all the things that this spiritual father could have said, but he said generosity. Now, in Luke 6.38, we see a clear picture of what Jesus requires of his disciples. Amen? In Luke 6.38, I want you to read it with me. Ready? Read. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down. Shaking together and running over will over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, let's just think about it just for a moment. He's, he's sharing with the disciples and he's telling them to give. I don't believe that Jesus was trying to get something from them. I believe that he was attempting to get something to them. He evidently knew something about the law of sowing and reaping. He knew much about the law of seed time and harvest. You read Mark chapter 4 and you will be fully convinced that it is the will of God for every believer to be a sower of seed. It is the will of God for every believer to be a tither. And it is the will of God for every believer to be generous. You think about it in the Bible. Now, <clears throat> the word faith or trust in the Bible is used 272 times. The word pray is used 371 times. The word give or the word love is used 714 times. Is it important to pray? Is it important to love? Is it important to have faith in God? But now when you look at the word give as it relates to finances, did you know that it's used 2,162 times? Think about that. It is one of the bases and the foundations of Christian principles. Now I said this earlier, but I'm going to say it again. You can receive Jesus without giving, but you can't really follow him without giving. Amen? Amen? Followers 
of Jesus are givers. That's all there is to it. I like the Hebrew word for the term generosity. It is meaning this. It means to saturate with water. It is a symbol of life. It means to overflow in a way that brings life to people. In the Greek, the word generosity means ready to distribute, available to give our time, our talent, and our treasures to bless other people. Isn't that awesome? Look at Proverbs 11 and verse 24 and 25. And uh, it says here, there is one who scatters yet increases more. In other words, there is one who sows. There is one who gives liberally. And what happens as a result of that? Increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but that leads We could say it this way, it leads to lack. It leads to poverty. And no one in their right mind wants to be poor. No one in their right mind wants to suffer lack. Is that right? But now notice here in verse 25, this is you. I'm calling it so. This is me. This is our church. This is us. But the generous soul will be rich. It starts with a mindset that I'm going to be generous. It starts with the renewing of your mind. It starts with having your soul in alignment with God's word. The generous soul going to be made rich. Woohoo! Rich is not a dirty word. Rich is a Bible word. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whoo! Though he was very rich, he became so very poor that you and I, through his poverty, might be rich. That means have a full supply. And so what generosity does, generosity puts you on the road to your wealthy place. Amen. Anybody want to take that trip? I mean, I took a lot of trips before I got saved. Those trips were dead ends. Oh, but this trip that we're on, it's a life-giving trip. It's a life filled with the power of God. It's a life filled with the blessings of God. So this generous soul, that's us, will be made rich. Now notice this next statement. And he who waters will also be watered himself. Don't worry about being watered. Get on the watering side. Be one of God's water boys. Be one of God's water girls. A lot of people want to be watered, but they never want to water. (laughs) Right? (laughs) They want to be watered, but they don't want to water. They want to be blessed. They want all the blessings, but they never want to be a blessing. But he... That's us. You ought to get involved in that. That's me. And he who waters will also be watered himself. Amen? Now look over here in the message translation of this verse, these two verses. It says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. That's good. 
the wealthy place is a place of abundance. It is a place, it is not a small, tight, stingy place. It is a wide, open space where you enjoy the fullness of the blessings of God. So the world of the generous gets larger and larger. But, of course, the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Very, very narrow. Kind of like this. Me, myself, and I. Us four and no more. Stingy, stingy, stingy. Which leads to being scornful of others that are blessed. Who do they think they are? That's devil talk. That's hate talk. Verse 25. It says, The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. And those who help others, they're helped. I want to help people. I want to help people through our church. I want to help people in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's compare generosity with being stingy. A generous person has open hands. A stingy person has clenched fists. The generous people that I know are very healthy. But many times, people that are stingy are unhealthy. I know this for sure. Generous people, they're happy. But stingy people are fearful. They fear the future. If I tithe, what about, what about Monday's hot dog at Costco? <laughs> Imagine... If Elijah or Elisha could have a raven feed him, God can bring you a dollar and fifty cents on the parking lot in Costco. <laughs> Generous people are loving. They're loved. I, I, I have difficulty fellowshipping with stingy people. Kind of always looking to see if you're going to pick up the check. You know, they're real slow on the draw. After you've already signed, the oh, can I leave the tip? No, on second thought, you're stingy. You won't leave a good tip. Oh, my, 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 my. Generous people are kind. Oftentimes, stingy people are mean. Generals, generous people experience increase. People that aren't generous experience loss and decrease. One of the reasons why is this, the devourer is not being rebuked on their behalf because they're not tithers. Generous people are blessed, empowered, and helped. Stingy people are hemmed in. And cursed. There's so many obstacles. So let's do the generosity test. 
Do you always leave a good tip? Do you often hold the door open for people? Do you say thank you a lot? Do you apologize a lot? Do you volunteer somewhere? Do you say good morning to people? Do you do favors without getting paid? Do you notice people's needs? Do you send out thank you cards for gifts? Have you ever bought two items to give one away? You know, a lady one day, I think it was camp meeting, a lady one day came up to Brother Hagin. I mean, I can hardly imagine her doing this. But she walked right up to Brother Hagin, the prophet of God, very disrespectfully, and she says, You know, the spirit was moving until you started talking about money. And that killed the spirit. Dad Hagen said, yep, it sure did. Killed a stingy spirit. I think I just saw one leave the building right now. <laughs> ah, the enemy of generosity is me, myself, and I. The enemy of generosity is selfishness. Oftentimes, selfish people end up lonely. They end up miserable. Did you know the root word for miserable is miser? But generous people, they know that they are investing in eternity. Your generosity, the generosity of this church, is an investment for eternity. It's an investment for eternity. The lives that have been changed through your generosity will only be known in eternity. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, Jesus said this in verses 19 through 21. He told us, don't lay up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break through and steal. They said, well, I just can't, I can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to tithe. You can't afford not to give. Why? Because there's a thief out there who walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. When you give and when you're generous, it's one way of many ways to resisting the devil and say, you may not devour me. Verse 20. <clears throat> but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21, read it with me. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Hallelujah. Your giving stores up treasures in eternity. When you give, God accepts it as a gift to Him. When you give to other people, you're storing up treasures in heaven. And the return on it is not only for here, but it is also 
for heaven. I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about your kindness, your love, your good deeds, giving what we have from our heart. There was a missionary in South America that was highly criticized, this was many, many years ago, by his family and others for going to South America. And their attitude is, why in the world would you go down there to give your life for the Indians in South America? And Jim Elliott said this. He said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he could never lose. Some of you need to give until someone in your family calls you a fool. Because your giving will translate into eternal things. Generosity is not a minor subject because it reveals the condition of our hearts. Our giving reflects our heart, but it also affects our heart. You get up in glory. You get up in heaven. If you attend this church, you're a member of this church, and you have been faithful, someone may walk up to you in heaven and say, thank you for giving to the Lord. Someone from the Philippines. Someone from Nepal. Someone from Africa. Someone from Samoa. Someone from the nations of the world may just walk up to you, Joe, and say, hi, Joe. You may not know who they are, but they know who you are because your generosity made a way for them to get some books. Your generosity made a way for them to receive Jesus. Your generosity made a way for them to become more than a conqueror. Hallelujah! And I'm telling you, this primes my pump because there is fruit that is abounding to our account here at Heart of the Bay. Just last week, Brenda and I were in a tremendous supernatural leadership conference in Las Vegas. And we connected with some friends that we hadn't seen for 10 to 12 years. I mean to tell you, we got so drunk we could hardly walk. Somebody says, drunk? No, we didn't go to the strip. We went to the Holy Ghost bartender. And we just drank our fill of the Holy Ghost and got drunk in the spirit. But there's a man there by the name of Mark Hankins. You know him. He's been to our church. He'll be coming to our church to hold some meetings in 2020 that goes all over the world and preaches the gospel. And uh, praise God, we got to sow a seed for his trip. He left just yesterday to go to Nepal. You know where Nepal is? Nepal is where the Himalayas are. Nepal is a very poor country. They're paying for 150 pastors. They're paying for their travel. They're paying for their food. They're paying for their housing. 150 pastors to minister to them for hours on end for three days. And we've got seed in that. We sowed a seed to that. And so those pastors, when they get those books and they get those materials, it'll spread like wildfire. Not only in Nepal, but all over that region. It's an awesome thing. It is fruit that abounds to your account and to the account of this church. That's why I never worry about money. When I see things that are in the red, 
I don't let it get to my head. Because I can have what Jesus said. And Jesus said, I can have what I say. And if I say, every bill we're going to pay. And every facility is paid off years and years ahead of time. I put my head down at night and I sleep well. Come on, somebody shout with me. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. And this is just, this is going to, this is going to build. It's going to be more and more. Now notice with me in 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 18 and 19. It tells them to do good, those that are rich in this world, that they be rich in good works, ready to give or to distribute, willing to communicate. Verse 19, read it with me. Laying up in store... For themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. One translation says this, give happily. Some of you just need to get happy about your giving. Give happily to those in need and always be ready to share whatever God has given you. By doing this, you will be storing up real treasures for yourself in heaven It's the only safe investment for eternity. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's praise Him for about 10 seconds. Lift up your hands. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We pray for Brother Mark, Lord, as he ends his journey today. We pray for the conference there. We thank you for giving him utterance in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, that Nepal shall hear the word of God, and the word of faith shall prevail, and the word of God shall multiply and go forth speedily. Thank you for utterance. Thank you for open hearts in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. So this is just kind of the, the tip of what we're going to be getting into these next couple of Sundays. I do want to take a look at Philippians, the fourth chapter, and I want us to look at verse 19. Philippians 4 and the 19th verse. But my God, if he's in a good mood, if he doesn't run out, my God, Paul's talking. Here's what my God, because of what you've done for me, and because what you've done for the cause of Christ, my God. That's partnership. When Brother Copeland says in his partner meetings that my God, that his God shall supply, I take hold of that. My God shall supply. Half your need. Well, most of it, you know, most of it. No, all. You know what the Greek word for all is? All means there ain't no more. My God shall supply all your need according to your job. Huh? According to your 401k. Thank God for your job. 
Thank God for those streams. Amen? But our God is our source. And He's got a million ways to get you a million dollars. And you don't even have to go to Shark Tank to do it. And you don't even have to pull a one-armed bandit to do it. You don't have to play the lottery to do it. He is unlimited in His ability to put into you ideas, concepts, inventions, hallelujah, Hallelujah. that will enable you to promote the gospel. Now, I don't know if you ever heard of this guy. I know George and Terry have. P.C. Nelson. P.C. Nelson was an Assembly of God minister, gone on to be with the Lord, close to uh, some people that we've known in the past. But P.C. Nelson was a Hebrew and a Greek scholar. A Hebrew and a Greek scholar. And P.C. Nelson spoke in 32 languages. And he said, there are some verses in the Bible (laughs) where it should be written on it. Not valid if detached. He's talking about verse 19. Kind of like a coupon. You know, the coupon's not valid if it's detached. Well, what PC was getting at, you've got to attach verses 15 through verse 18 to get to verse 19. That's the context. A lot of people want to get happy about my God. You know, they run around and sing Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. They want to sing like David sang. They want to shout like David shout. But they ought to add a verse. They ought to give like David gave. Some folks just want to shout at somebody else's expense. Warm the car up. I'm leaving here in five minutes. <laughs> you sit down. I know you're, you're happy. Sit down, everybody. Look at verse 15 through 18. In other words, a person will never get the results of verse 19 if they detach verses 15 through 18. He said in verse 15, Now you... I almost said Filipinos. <laughs> well, that'll work. <laughs> now you Philippians know also. <laughs> Go ahead, it's okay to laugh in church. Amen. <laughs> now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church, think about it, gave, communicated with me, as concerning giving and receiving, but you are the only one. And then in verse 16, he says, also in Thessalonica, you didn't just give once, but you gave again unto my necessity. You know, people think, well, I gave once. That's all I'm going to give. That's all I'm going to give. I gave once this month. That's all I'm going to give. That's all I'm going to give. No, once and again. Amen? You gave once And again, unto my necessity. What was his necessity? His necessity was he had the call of God on his life to preach the gospel anywhere and everywhere he could go, especially to the Gentiles. Now notice here in verse 17. 
not because I desire a gift, but here is my heart's desire, and this is my heart's desire as your pastor. We desire that fruit may abound to your account. How many of you know something happens when fruit starts abounding to your account? Verse 18, he said, but I have all and abound. I am full. Having received of Epaphroditus the things which are sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. Woo! Your generosity literally gets God's attention. How many of you want something abounding in your account? Well, this is true. Because you gave to others, because you were, you were functioning and getting the gospel out to every nation, because you did that, Paul is saying, because you did that, because you jumped right in the middle of God's cause, get ready, get ready, get ready. God's going to jump right in the middle and meet your every need. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. Generosity is the key, is a key to living a greater blessed life. And my prayer for you, my dear brothers and sisters, is that you would open your heart and that you would be that man, that you would be that woman of great generosity. And Lord, I pray for an increase of generosity in our church, an increase of generosity in my own life. May we increase more and more. Make us a blessing, Lord, to the nations. Make us a blessing to Hayward. Make us a blessing to the Bay Area. We're not going to quit. We've put our hand to the plow and we refuse to look back. We're looking unto Jesus. Come on. The author and the finish of our faith. We're looking unto him who gave his life freely as a ransom for all. We're looking to you, Lord, to send the rain in the time of the latter rain. We're not moved by what we feel, see, feel, hear, or touch. We're moved only by what we believe. And we believe God that it shall be even as it was told us in the Holy Word of God. We believe to see your goodness in our lives. Your goodness in every area. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Praise the Lord.